Welcome to the Rainmaker Fundraising Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Olson. This podcast is produced to give fundraisers and nonprofit leaders like you the tools to increase mission impact. Tune in weekly so you don't miss a thing. Your mission is critical. Your resources are finite. You need a partner that can deliver customized, scalable, and relevant donor communications that increase response and maximize net long-term revenue for your cause. You need Altus Marketing. Check us out at altusmktg.com or email me directly at a-o-l-s-e-n at a-l-t-u-s-m-k-t-g.com to learn how we can elevate your fundraising results. And now here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. I am thrilled to be here with my good friend, Anthony Jones. He's the founder of the LinkedIn 1% Club. And uh, I will say one of the most prolific digital marketers and brand builders that I've ever met. Um, Anthony, welcome to the show. Hey, Andrew. Thanks for having me and for the uh, very kind introduction. And I, I'm, I've been looking forward to this. I, I enjoy using uh, LinkedIn so much and, and find so much value in it. And, and you enjoy it and find so much value in it that, that you recently made a huge change in your career um, and, and have kind of gone all in uh, on all things LinkedIn. Tell us a little bit about what you're up to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I, in November of last year, I, I made the decision to, uh, to leave my 19-year career uh, fantastic career at Ducks Unlimited, uh, where I spent uh, my entire career really building a digital media program, building a team uh, that built a program, and and had a lot of uh, you know, had a lot of success had a lot of, excuse me had a lot of success there, and uh, great organization, great people, great mission. It was just uh, one of those situations where uh, I had actually started doing LinkedIn consulting sort of on the side in 2020 during the COVID shutdown. Uh, with some extra time on my hand, I kind of started doing that on the side and uh, started doing some webinars. And I was really surprised at the uh, interest level and the number of people that took me up on that. And before I knew it, I had people asking me to you know, help them with their profile, help them build their own uh, brand and generate content. And it was a side business that had kind of been building up to a point where I realized at some point I was either going to have to go all in or just you know give up the idea completely. And so it kind of got to that point in November. And yeah, so now I'm uh, I'm doing some consulting uh, still with Ducks Unlimited and with a couple of other uh, organizations as I get this business off the ground. But I uh, am certainly focused on helping others use LinkedIn to build their personal brands to, you know, to take their careers to the next level and help them generate more, more customers and more leads for their business. Well, so I am particularly interested in talking with you today about how, how nonprofits should think about LinkedIn as a platform, but not just how the nonprofit organization should, but how the nonprofit employee, um, whether they're, uh, you know, sort of ground floor, brand new employee in in a job or the CEO, right? Or even the board. So uh, that's where I want to center our conversation today. But before we get to that, talk a little bit about why LinkedIn as a platform is important for us. Yeah, it's LinkedIn is, is huge right now. And it's, it's really a goldmine of opportunity because uh, there are 700 plus million people that have an account on LinkedIn, but less than 1% are posting content on a regular basis. Uh, so if you think about less than 1%, that's, that's like 3 million people and they're getting 9 billion views to their content every week. So unlike other social media networks like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, that are so oversaturated with content right now, 
you know, your content is not being seen on those networks at any level of scale unless you're paying for advertising. But that's not the case on LinkedIn. And, and I kind of call these the, the good old days of LinkedIn because there is not that oversaturation of content. And, it, you know, like now is the time for your content to be seen and for, for your voice to be heard on that platform. So that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I'm still astonished. We were talking before we started recording about how few people are actually regularly posting and how they're grabbing so much attention. You know, and, and it's been really interesting since the pandemic started. Um, to see just sort of how people are engaging and, and what content gets the most engagement. I still find it hilarious. The, the, the post in the last year of, of mine that's generated the most engagement is a photo of my shoes, my, my, <laughs> my feet basically, on top of a, um, a travel bag at an airport. Right? So I just took a picture as I had my feet up at the Detroit airport and posted something and said, like, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that this pandemic has uh, subsided enough that I can get back out on the road. And I was shocked that like 23,000 people, you know, had, had engaged in some way with it. And I thought, this is really boring content, you know, from my perspective. Um, but it, it, it's a testament, I think, to the fact that well, a couple of things. One, I think people were like stir crazy trying to get out of their houses at that point. But two, to your point, if there are so few, few people actually posting content, um, on a, any regular cadence um, that really anything we share right now has the opportunity to really start to get noticed at scale. Is that right? Yeah. And, and I think the example you just gave is, is, is really important because the content that I've posted in, in recent years, I've made over a thousand posts, but the ones that get the most traction time in and time out are not the ones about my job or some you know, professional related post. It's a post about me as a person, something that shows my personality, uh, something that's relatable, you know, kind of like that picture you just referred to. You know, you were getting back on the road for the first time after a long period of lockdown. People related to that. And it was a simple picture that you may not uh, historically would associate as a post on LinkedIn that would be appropriate or do well. Uh, but that's that's really the mindset that you need to shift to uh, in today's world with LinkedIn. And that is remembering that people connect with people. They don't connect with, you know, a company page on LinkedIn the way they do an employee of a nonprofit, for example, who is on LinkedIn, who is showing their personality, who is, you know, kind of being a, sort of a brand ambassador for the organization by the content they're posting. And it's not always uh, about the company. Again, it's, it's, it's having the right balance uh, in your content strategy uh, of showing who you are as a person, being human, authentic and relatable, and then weaving you know, other messages about your business or whatever your professional goals are into that. So let's camp on that for a second. What about the, uh, you know, the CEO or the board member that says, oh my gosh, Anthony, like, it scares me to death to think that our employees are out with their own brands, um, their own personal brands connected to our organization. What if they do something stupid? What if they say something that isn't on brand for our organization? Like, I, I think there's a lot of people who are fearful and wanting to control that environment. What's your perspective on that? Yeah, I, I think that is the mindset that companies probably had, and rightly so, maybe 10 or 15 years ago when social media was, was sort of in its earlier stages. But that's the complete opposite approach that organizations should take today. 
Uh, I encourage organizations to embrace social media and, and, and in particular, embrace LinkedIn and understand that the, if the best way for them to promote their, their culture, their values and so forth is through the voices of their employees. Uh, because again, people, people connect with people. And, and, you know, there's, there's several things that organizations can do, I think, to foster that. Um, and there's really three things that I would, I would highlight. The first of all being, you know, give your employees a set of guidelines, social media guidelines. And most companies have a policy in place that, you know, lives in the company handbook. But the ones that I've looked at over the years typically take this approach of being uh, restrictive. It's got this restrictive mindset of here are the things you can't do. We don't want you to do. Please, you know, be careful with this. But I would suggest that you structure it more from a uh, sort of a supportive uh, standpoint. Like, hey, we want you to be so active on social media. Here are some pitfalls or traps that you might want to look out for. A few things that we want to kind of keep you, you know, keep you, give you some basic guardrails, so to speak. But I think it should be literally something that fits on one sheet of paper. Because if it's longer than that, you're probably putting too many restrictions and you're stifling the creativity of your employees. And, and that's counterintuitive to what you really want them to do. So approach it from that mindset of being supportive. Uh, and then, you know, the second piece of that is having buy-in and leading from the front by your executive team, your CEO, whoever that may be, and actually showing uh, by being active on LinkedIn what they hope other employees will do. Um, and again, you do a great job of that through the content that you put out and, and, and demonstrating that leadership. I know that the people under you, you know, they, they would, I would assume, feel very comfortable being active on LinkedIn based on kind of the, the, the model or the example that you set. Uh, and I think that's really important is having that executive buy-in and, and leadership from them uh, being active. Yeah, that is a great point. You know, it's always fascinating to me when I look at an organization and their individuals on LinkedIn and I see that like the C-suite, you know, each have less than 100 connections and really no content. Right. And that that just says to me, like, you know, this organization is living in a different time uh, and doesn't understand the, the value that can be created by having strong, a strong personal brand and a high level of credibility on LinkedIn. Talk a little bit about some of that value that, that individuals and organizations can get by really focusing in and investing in building a, a solid LinkedIn presence. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the benefits are, are I mean, it's, it's, it's a long list, but, you know, it starts with positioning yourself as a thought leader in your industry. Um, and, and by doing that, by being active, you know, from the nonprofit world, you're building trust with a sense of trust with your donors, uh, both current and prospective donors who are connected with you on LinkedIn. Um, you are, um, if your employees are active on the platform, they're extending the reach of your brand, uh, of your brand, of your mission, because they're connected to a whole world of people that don't know anything about your organization. Uh, so it's amplifying that reach for sure. And, and the other thing is just, you know, by leading with value, by putting other, uh, putting other people first and, and sharing the, the lessons that you've learned uh, throughout your career, throughout your life, taking that approach of leading with value that tends to come back around uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, so those are just some of the benefits of being, you know, personally active on LinkedIn and building building a personal brand. The other thing that I would add there is, 
a lot of people, especially if you've got a solid job and, and you know, you really don't have any aspirations to start your own company or move to a different company, like what's what's in it for me? Why should I care about building a personal brand now? And the one thing that I really like to stress is that the time to build your personal brand and network is not the day that you need it. Right. So like in my career, I have worked through world events like 9-11 a global recession in 2008 and, and a pandemic in 2020. And in each one of those instances, I watched a lot of really amazing people lose their jobs. So you, you can't predict when things are going to go wrong. You can't predict when your job may be in jeopardy, but having a strong personal brand and a strong network is like one of the best insurance policies that they, you'll ever have in your career. Yeah, that's a, a really interesting point. Um, and I totally agree with that. You know, it's, it's interesting. So in my career, I've worked in a, probably five or six different organizations in the last 20 years. And every single one of those roles and opportunities came because of my personal network, right? None of them were, you know, were, were a result of me spending 40 hours on job search boards, applying for a thousand different roles, right? Exactly. Uh, and, 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 some of them weren't even intentional. It was simply a conversation with someone where I said, hey, you know, I'm working through this. I'm, I'm thinking about doing something different. And someone was able to say, oh, go talk to this person. Go talk to that person. And, and that kind of networking happens so often on the platform, you know, even uh, even in my role. Right. So I, I you know, leading a, a fundraising consulting uh, firm, often people will reach out and say, hey, I was talking to so and so. I was having lunch with my friend you know, Christina, and she said to talk to you about this. Uh, so what, I agree with you, you know, whether it's a job search or a vendor need, or, you know, you're, you're in need of information to help, you know, grow your business or, or your organization. So many people that really lean into the platform um, are, are getting value even in, in those kind of areas by just engaging and asking questions and, and, and connecting with people. Um, I, I feel like if you don't, it's almost like you've, you've left the workforce, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I really like to think of LinkedIn not as a social networking site. It's like the world's most important professional networking event. And it's 24-7 across the globe, right? You know, in our careers, we've been to lots of conferences, networking events. You meet a lot of great people, make connections that way. But but LinkedIn is, is this constant, uh, never-ending uh, conversation that's taking place uh, in, in the professional world. And if you're not engaging, if you're not taking part in that conversation, if you're not posting content, and if you're not adding your own value to it, you're not being seen. Um, and, and there's a huge difference between having a LinkedIn profile and having a, a LinkedIn personal brand, right? A LinkedIn profile is, yeah. yeah, so a LinkedIn profile is just a page. Like everyone can have a page. Yes, there are things you can do to optimize it. And, and that's something that we can, you know, we can go further into later. Um, but content is what really makes you stand out on the platform. And ultimately, it is the content that you put out that defines your personal brand. And that's a key distinction that a lot of people just don't make is they feel like I've got a LinkedIn profile page. I've got a good picture. I've got an about section. I'm, I'm done. I'm not looking for a job. What they don't understand is they are, they're basically invisible to the rest of the platform, unless you're showing up on a consistent basis in the newsfeed, uh, you really don't have a presence on LinkedIn that matters. So, so let's go a little deeper there. The average nonprofit 
employee, right? What, um, let, let's say it's a animal shelter employee. What kind of content should that person, like what, what's the best place for them to invest their time to, to really grow their profile? Yeah. So as far as art, so in that, that particular example, an animal shelter, uh, what I would suggest, let's say this employee wants to get started. I would suggest creating like three or four content pillars. Okay. And a content pillar is just a topic. It's a category, something that you can talk a lot about with ease. And what I tell everyone is regardless of what industry you're in, regardless of what your, your content topics look like, you should have a pillar about you at the very start. Like on a regular basis, I'm going to post content that that's just introducing me to the world, uh, letting my network know who I am as a person, uh, showing them my, my interests, my hobbies, my passions. Again, those things that we connect with on a very real, authentic human level. That should be your first pillar. Second pillar in that example would be, you know, content on a regular basis about the, the shelter, for example, you know, the work that you're doing, uh, highlighting, you know, some of the actual animals, for example, uh, success stories of, of animals that have been adopted or rescued or whatever that, you know, uh, that mission might look like. Uh, and then, you know, come up with maybe another one or two pillars that you feel like you can talk about with some area of expertise. Uh, maybe you were in a different industry before then. And you can talk about that topic uh, with, uh, you know, some level of expertise, or you have a, a, a long-term career goal in mind. Uh, maybe you want to set up a side business doing something else, you know, post content that starts to establish yourself as a thought leader in, in that space. So it really comes down to defining what are the three or four things that I can talk about with ease, with some level of expertise, uh, and, and do that on a consistent basis. That's the other thing that I see where so many people fall off. They start out with really good intentions. They're excited. They're, okay, I'm going to build my brand. I've got my pillars. They put up a couple of posts that get very little engagement and they say, okay, this isn't working. And they walk away. And what they don't understand is people are probably seeing their content. They just don't know how to engage because they don't know you yet. They don't know how to engage. But by consistently posting over time, if you're showing up day in and day out, you're posting your own content and you are engaging with the content of others, you're going to be seen as someone who is contributing to the larger conversation and they will engage back on your content. But it is a consistent, long-term process. Uh, building a personal brand is a marathon and not a sprint. So that that consistency is, is everything. Yeah, I, spot on. I mean, you know, one, one other tip that I'd share, and this is just from my own personal use, uh, early on, I, I sat down one, I think it was Saturday or Sunday, and I think I wrote a hundred different short posts, right? And, and by mm -hmm. short posts, I mean like three or four sentences, right? So not, not uh, you know, a whole narrative about a topic or anything, just quick tips kind of thing. And, and then I just started to drip those out, you know, over the, you know, probably a month. But what that did is it allowed me to have content available where I didn't have to like get up every morning and go, oh, shoot, what am I going to post today? Right. I had some of that, you know, pillar content that you're talking about, but I spent, you know, six hours on a weekend building out enough of it so that I didn't have to really think about it for another month or two. And then, you know, I've done that a couple of times. Uh, and, it, you know, if I write a blog post, if I write an article for a trade publication, when I wrote my books, 
you know, I can pull content from all of those different places and throw them you know, sort of into the machine, if you will. Um, and, and that has been a, a big help for me to manage sort of that, that um, the need for intentionality and consistency. Because if, if I were just doing it as one off, I probably would be like sitting in a corner somewhere doing nothing. Yep. I, I love that. I love that tip because I'm kind of the same way. Like some days I'll wake up and the creative juices are flowing. I can sit down. I can write kind of like you. I can write a few dozen posts in a couple of hours and have that where I can you know schedule it out over time. But then there are other days I wake up and it's like I'm looking at a blank wall. Like there's no creativity. I have no idea what I'm going to say today. And on those days, yes, I go back to, you know, something that I've batched before. I'll, I'll look at, you know, see what kind of fits that day and post it. Or I just say, okay, it's okay not to post today. I'm going to spend the next 15 or 20 minutes just going through the news feed and being very intentional and leaving thoughtful comments on posts that have been made by others, because that is just as important as creating your own content. Um, and in fact, LinkedIn will reward you uh, by giving your post greater organic reach if you are doing that on a regular basis, and they will penalize you if you're not. And I know that for a fact, because like six months ago, I noticed that my reach started to tank. And the content was the same type of content that I had been, you know, putting out for months. I had not changed my, my tone or, or, or the style or anything. And I reached out to someone on the platform that's a well-known influencer. And I just asked her, I said, hey, do you have any idea what may be going on here? And she said, well, have you been leaving comments every single day on mm -hmm. other people's posts? And I realized that for like the last several weeks, I hadn't left hardly any contents. It was uh, comments. It was all about me. I was focused just on my content. And she said, okay, stop posting for a few days, spend all your time engaging with others. And like a week later, I made my next post and my reach was right back up to, uh, to where it typically uh, was. So that's, that's the, the firsthand example that I've, I've witnessed of just how important and how much LinkedIn wants you to be social on their platform. They don't want you just posting your own content. They don't want you just looking for a job. They want you engaging on the on the larger conversation. That makes a lot of sense. So what do you think the balance needs to be? Your own content, yes. Uh, liking and engaging and responding to other people's content, yes. What about the idea of sharing content from other people, right? So it... I've seen some uh, some users where I don't see a lot of original content. I just see a lot of you know sharing and regurgitating, almost just like reposting without even you know commentary or your own sort of thoughtful analysis. Is that helpful? Is it hurtful? Where does it fit in the mix? It's easy to do. That's why most people the content that they do put out is it's just a repost or a share because it's easy to hit that share button, right? They don't have to put any thought or original uh, you know, content behind it. It's just, okay, my company shared a post, I'm gonna reshare it. The problem with that is the organic reach of a share on LinkedIn is terrible. I mean, it's, it's, almost, it's almost pointless because so few people are gonna see it. So what I suggest is instead of just hitting that repost, Let's say your company has a job posting and you want to help them, you know, in that job search. Instead of resharing that, 
create your own post and add your commentary to it. You know, add your perspective. Maybe you've worked with the hiring manager or you know something specific about that particular job or the location. Anything to add your personal spin to it. And then just say, hey, if, you, if you're interested, find the link in the comments below and be the first one to put the link in there. That is going to get 10 times the reach of a reshare. And it's also going to have the added benefit of your personal uh, voice, your own two cents in that post, as opposed to just the corporate cold reshare that most people glaze over when they scroll through the newsfeed. Awesome. So next question for you. Um... Written content versus video, where, where do you stand on that? It's about balance. And, and, it's, and it's, it's not just written content and video. Like you need to have a, a, a balance between text-only posts, photos, polls. Mm-hmm. Polls are massive right now. I can talk about that later. And, and videos. Now, videos, that's typically the toughest step for most people because a lot of people just aren't naturally comfortable on camera. It takes a lot of practice uh, and it takes a lot more nerve, honestly, uh, to, to get started on video. Um, the organic reach of a text only post or a photo post or, or and especially a poll uh, is much higher than the organic reach of a video. Hmm. Uh, what I've noticed is that LinkedIn has scaled the reach of videos back in the last year pretty dramatically compared to what it was like in 2019 and 2020. But that said, they're showing videos to people who typically consume videos. So if you're one, if you're one of the users that, you know, you always see a video and you never stop and, and you know, watch it for more than three seconds or turn it off mute, they're going to show fewer videos to you because they want to optimize that experience for every person. But if you do typically watch videos, they're going to show that to more people. They will also show your video content to people that you actively engage with on the platform. So if you and your uh, what your tribe is kind of like the word that I like to call it, your group of people that typically engage on your content, people that you may be messaging in, in the direct messenger, LinkedIn is going to show those videos to the people who are most engaged with you. Thus, they're going to be more likely to watch your video, to take that time to watch that video. So it's about finding the right balance uh, and understanding that if you are putting out video content, that's going to help build your brand quicker over time because it establishes a level of credibility and trust that no other media type can, can portray, right? Sure. It's, it's actually you on camera. It's your voice, your personality coming out and, and, and no other media can do that. Yeah, that makes sense. Someone else could have written whatever I post, right? Exactly. But someone else can't speak and be me. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I want to, I want to share what I think was a terrible uh, nonprofit LinkedIn experience that I had recently. I can't remember if I already shared it with you or not, um, but uh, I, I had someone, uh, a development uh, officer, connect with me recently, and I accept pretty much every uh, uh, connection invite that I get. There are a handful where I can see like this person has no no connections or something like that. I probably you know that looks like a bot to me, so I probably skip those. But this is a legitimate you know person. So we connected and within 30 minutes, I had a, I don't know what felt like a six page um, begging letter in my <laughs> inbox where the dude actually asked me for a hundred thousand dollar gift. <laughs> we, we'd never met before. We'd never talked before, 
But this thing outlined all these amazing, like in their mind, amazing uh, benefits for um, doing a sponsorship gift of $100,000 for their nonprofit that was like, I don't remember the name of it. And I, I wouldn't, you know, put them on blast here, but it's like, you know, helping musicians recover from hurt fingers of guitar players or something stupid like that. <laughs> Um, and, and, and legitimately, and I, and I went back and forth with the guy. I'm like, did you really just ask me for a hundred? And, and so we had, we had a, a, a back and forth and I ended up just saying like, I think this is the worst experience I've had on this platform in a long time. Please don't do this again. And, um, but it just got me thinking, like, I know that, um, there are bad salespeople that cold pitch as soon as they connect with you on LinkedIn. I had never experienced it from a nonprofit before react to that and give us a counter argument of what a nonprofit should do to build a relationship instead. Yeah. So the cold sales pitch on LinkedIn has been one of the biggest thing, one of the biggest turnoffs for so many people even to get on the platform because we've all gotten the, the unsolicited cold sales pitch. <laughs> I've never had one asking for a hundred grand. That's, that's taking it to another level. <laughs> uh, that's something else, but we've all seen it. We've all had it. And it's, 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 it's just terrible. So if I were giving that person uh, recommendations on a better way to do it, my advice would be to, even before you connect with Andrew in this case, let's say you, you're a, a, a target, uh, the, the, uh, you know, target customer, for example, instead of doing that, spend time, you know, going to your profile and looking for your content and, and, and engaging with that content, leaving thoughtful comments, not being uh, someone who's asking for anything, but someone who's adding to the conversation that you already started and, you know, show that support. And then over time, send that connection request with, with a short note that just says, hey, Andrew, love your comment, uh, love your content, would love to connect. That's it. Something that doesn't feel like a sales pitch, doesn't feel like a, a sales pitch is going to come right after I connect and, and, and start to build that over time. And that's going to be a lot more effective to say at some point, maybe he's going to make that ask. But if he does, at least there's been some back and forth. At least he's tried to show value uh, on the content that you've had. Maybe you all, you've made a personal connection. You've learned something about each other from the content that's been going back and forth. That's a much more effective way to, to get a lead, to warm someone up to a potential ask or, or something like that. Uh, much better approach than the cold sales pitch. The, the cold sales pitches just don't work. I can't imagine. I don't know why people still do it because I can't imagine them ever working uh, in 2022. I, I can't either. And I, I, I too don't understand why they still do it. Um, so I want to go back to uh, really to the top of, of our conversation to, to what you're doing today. Like the LinkedIn 1% Club sounds really fascinating. What is it? <laughs> yeah, so the LinkedIn One Percent Club uh, is a program that I am launching literally right now, uh, and it's composed of, of really three key uh, uh, pieces. The first is an online course. So for the last few months, I have been working on trying to build the most comprehensive course on LinkedIn uh, that's out there. I've taken everything that I've learned in in the last four or five years of, of, of being active on the platform, and I've packaged that into one product. Uh, that has all the training materials that you need to build your personal brand. Uh, regardless of what industry you're in or, or what level of your career you're in, it's a program that will give you the, the foundation, the fundamentals, 
and very specific tactics that you can take and use and start to see immediate improvements to your, you know, to your brand and to your profile with the understanding that, as I said earlier, building a brand is a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, it's not something that you can watch once and, you know, two weeks from now, you're going to have a solid uh, LinkedIn brand, uh, but it's going to give you the starting point and, and all the building blocks you need for that. The second component is a private community. So all of the students uh, of this program will be in a uh, private Facebook group where uh, I'm checking in on a regular basis, sharing updates. People can learn from each other by, by posting you know, some of their struggles, some of their wins, and really building that community of people who are on the same personal branding journey together. Uh, you can learn a lot from each other like that. And the third component is one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions with me, uh, group coaching sessions with students. Uh, and again, I've got different pricing, uh, pricing packages and tiers based on, uh, based on your budget and, and based on your needs. So that's sort of an overview of the 1% Club uh, that uh, I recently launched at LinkedIn1percentClub.com. So, so that sounds great, Anthony. Uh, if, if there's somebody out there who's like, hey, I think I want to do that, but I don't have weeks to dedicate to learning this. Like how long does it take for someone to go through and, and engage with that content and absorb it to at least where they could start kicking things off and, and, and testing things? Yeah. So the, the actual course itself, the course length is about four hours of recorded video content and it's very actionable. So it, it takes you through the four steps. Um, for example, optimizing your profile, talk about giving you uh, the foundation for, for building a content strategy, for engaging with the, the network and expanding your network. So those are kind of the four key areas. And in each one of those, I give you, you know, examples, I'll show you how, and then it's basically, okay, now go do this, pause the course and go do this. So it's really four hours of recorded content. It's on demand. You can watch it at your own pace. Uh, so if you're just getting started, it's going to take you a little bit longer to you know, implement the things that you learn in the course. Whereas if you're already established on the platform, uh, you can probably take that and go through it a lot quicker. But the, the course is four hours, the coaching sessions, and depending on what level you sign up for, uh, can go through a full year. And in addition to the coaching sessions, there, are, there will be new content added to that course and daily content added to the Facebook community so that you know, whenever you have the opportunity to come in, there will always be a discussion going. There will always be new content added and, and the opportunity to get, uh, to get coaching. Awesome. So we're just about out of time. Out of time. I'm, I'm really grateful for you being here. I, I love the conversation we've had. Um, give us that website again. LinkedIn1percentclub.com. Great. And other than that, what's the best way for people to reach you? Best way is connect with me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Uh, any last encouragement or, or you know, one idea or two that you think you want to leave the audience with? Yeah. So the, my biggest piece of advice is like get started. OK, you don't have to go into it having a perfect plan in place. Even if you never take the course or take any advice that I give you uh, past today, like get started. Stop overthinking your content. Stop overthinking or, or believing that you have nothing of value to share. Like that's another huge barrier that people have. They feel like I'm not an expert in this. What, why would anyone want to hear what I have to say? And the truth is there are thousands, maybe millions of people out there who do exactly what you do. 
but it's your perspective that makes that content unique. Like we all have our own unique perspectives, uh, whether we're just getting started in the workforce, you, you know, out of college, or we are in the latter stages of our career. We all have different lessons that we've learned. Start sharing that with others today and have the mindset of leading with value. Lead your content with value. What can you share that might be helpful to others as opposed to you know, asking for, for something for yourself? And you will be amazed uh, at the traction and the, and the uh, uh, success that that can bring. Awesome. Thanks again for being here today, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Andrew. Have you read my Amazon number one best-selling book, 101 Biggest Mistakes Nonprofits Make and How You Can Avoid Them Yet? It's the book that I wrote with expertise from over 20 nonprofit leaders and their 300 years of combined experience. You can download it for free today. Just visit andrewolson.net and go to the free resources tab on my site.